Is it on? Welcome to the Shark Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. preview edition of the shot show this will be our texas state preview a texas state team i'll run through it real quick first year head coach under dj kin a team that's not normally competitive at all or really even thought about um i think in the preview for the sunbelt we almost even skipped over them but a team that has surpassed their expectations by far they have everybody in on campus rocking. They're selling out the stadium. They're getting like 20,000 people in there. This is a team with new life. They they have a fantastic offense. They're scoring 36 points a game. They're fantastic at home, but the one thing they're not is really that great on the road so far this year. So luckily for us, this game is at Brooks Stadium, 3.30 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Coastal Carolina right now sits at a one and a half point underdog, but the line has been going back and forth all week, kind of like Old Dominion with last week. ESPN giving us a 75.1% chance to win. Jordan, we'll start off with you. Just kind of what are your thoughts on what Texas State has been able to do first year under G.J. Kinn and, and how much of a threat and interesting matchup they are on Saturday? Yeah, well, you mentioned, I mean, this has been pretty much like a whole turnaround season for them. I mean, last year, this team went four and eight. Um, they only they only won two conference games last year, and they didn't win any games on the road last year. So for, for this coaching staff to come in, for Texas State to come in and to see them six and three, and I'm pretty sure we did not mention them at all in the preseason um, Sunbelt episode, but Man, this is this is definitely a team that we cannot look the other way at. This team is coming in pretty pretty motivated. They just had a pretty good game last week as well against Georgia State. Uh, T.J. Finley really went off. He had five touchdowns. So, you know this this is a formidable opponent, and this is a good test for us. I mean, we've we've been on a four game winning streak, and they just come off of a good win as well. We're both set. Both of us, uh, Coastal and Texas State, sitting at second in each of the um, divisions in the East and in the West. So we both need this win. This is a big win game for both of us. And look, we can't overlook this team. They're going to come into Brook Stadium willing to fight. The last time we played this team, last couple of times, I feel like it's been close. Um, I think the last time we played them was in 21, I believe. I think it was 20 or 21, but it was a close game. I think we had to score a late touchdown to win that game. Yeah, but, they gave us a fight. Yeah, so this team, this team is definitely a lot better than that team uh, a few years back. So I expect it to be a close and and gritty matchup. But you know, we we just got to give them their respect where it's due. They're they're a formidable opponent, and they're bowl eligible. One of the few teams in the Sun Belt, including us, that's bowl eligible. So they're gonna come ready to fight. And I think that uh, Tim Beck will have us ready uh, for for a game where it's a blackout. So everybody that's going to the game, please wear your black and. Um, I'm looking forward to this matchup at 3.30 on Saturday. Yeah, you said it. Texas State bowl eligible. That They haven't been bowl eligible since 2014. 
They, they've been hovering around. They haven't even won five games in a season since 2014. And since they've joined the Sun Belt, they've only won conference three conference games three times, including this year. So, so they're having a ton of success this year. There is a lot to be excited about down there. But just kind of more on that, Mario, TJ Finley is already having a fantastic year. He's 18 touchdowns, just five interceptions. He has more on the ground. Coming off a five-touchdown game last week when – Texas State torched a team that we've already lost to this year, a team that beat us pretty handily. Uh, kind of takeaways from that game and where Texas State sits at compared to where we're at. We're playing well, but it's definitely more cobbled together, and they have more continuity than we have right now. Yeah, I mean, if you look at most of their wins besides one, I believe every single win they had, they scored over 30 points. So they're definitely an offensive threat. You know, it's not just Finley. It's uh, they're starting running back, I believe, uh, Mahdi. And um, they got that one wide receiver, uh, Hobart, Joey Hobart, I think it is. So those three guys, like those are going to be the ones that I think we're going to have to watch out for the most. Those are going to be the three guys that I think they're definitely going to lead this offense. And Texas State, you know, used to view them as the same category as Arkansas State and Little Rock. You know, Little Rock's no longer a football team, obviously, or I don't, I can't remember if they ever did have a football team, but as far as every other sport, Little Rock was always that team that, you know, we, we just swept under the rug. Yeah. Arkansas State and football. Kind of like how we treat ULM now, too. Right. Yeah. Arkansas State, you know, we treat them like we just sweep them under a rug. It's going to be an easy game. But Texas State, they make, they're sending a message, you know, they've always been somewhat competitive with us but this year again like you said they're bowl eligible for the first time since 2014 and it's crazy because coastal used to be that team that everybody would just shrug under the rug before grace mccall got here we were that team that would be lucky if we even got six wins you know couldn't figure out our squad and now texas state you know that was them and now they're starting to kind of go into their own and i only expect them to get better not just this season but the next seasons to come but I do think TJ Finley has been absolutely great for them. I do think that he is probably the main focus on offense that we have to look out for. But don't let those other offensive weapons, you know, fool you. Don't take them out of your vision either because those guys could definitely hurt you if they want to. Rushing yards on the season. But when you look at this Texas State team, you, you talked about the weapons. That's really where they're making their money. They, be, they scored 42 points against Baylor. They dropped, I don't care, it's an FCS game. We scored 67, I think, against Duquesne, but against Jackson State, granted, they it's not the Jackson State team from last year with Deion Sanders, but Texas State dropped 77 points on them. That's tough to do. You got to score on almost every drive. They dropped 50 points on Southern Miss, and then they dropped 45 points last weekend. They're kind of confusing. They're almost like Old Dominion in the fact that some weeks they play really well and some weeks they play bad, like a 34-30 loss to Louisiana is not great. They played Troy, who Texas State is second in that conference now, tied with Arkansas State in conference record. So Troy is pretty much in the driver's seat at 4-1 and one in the conference for the championship. They play decent teams, and, and they can't pull it out. At UTSA, who's not the same type of team as last year, they lose that game. So they're, they're kind of ups and downs on the season. Granted, they really haven't played anybody that great, and we know that that Baylor win, yes, it's impressive, but Baylor's not a very great football team this year. But the offensive weapons are are certainly something to be reckoned with. Finley, Mahdi, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, Joey O'Bear is – or Hobart, whatever you want to call it. 800 yards on the year, seven touchdowns. He has an 83-yard touchdown catch in there as well. They have the weapons. 
And it, I think it's going to be a really tough task for a defense, especially with how well they run the ball. Jordan, who are you looking at to step up this week? We're going to need somebody or maybe multiple people. Who are you looking to step up specifically on, on – we'll start on our defense. If it was ever a time for us to have a Clayton Isbell performance like he had against UCLA, man, this would be huge to have it. Um, I'm looking for Isbell to have a, a game. Um, more likely I expect him or Eubanks to be on a uh, Hobart. So I – I would like to see one of those two, if not both of those, trying to tag team to take down Hobart. If they can take him out of the equation, the next best receiver they have is um, Davenport. And I wouldn't even say Davenport, really. I would say Hawkins as well because he's – both of those guys are pretty good as well. So I would think that both of those would would be pretty good at them. But I think that, you know, Isbell has been some some games. I would like to see him try to step up some. Um, really, you know, it really just goes with our linebacking core. I expect both of our, our big guys on our linebacking core to step up as well. Um, and really, if that's the case, then I think we'll be just fine. The defensive line has been getting to the quarterback and running backs. Um, at late, I'm not really worried about our defensive line. I mean, I know we're going to get to the quarterback and the running backs, but really just like to see Isbell or Eubanks try to see what they can do to slow down uh, their potent wide receiver attack that they have. Texas State. Yeah, Mario, kind of the same question, but our defense has been playing pretty well recently uh, after that Georgia State, Georgia Southern game, excuse me, on this little run that we've been on starting with App State really the last four weeks. App State, Arkansas State, Marshall, and Old Dominion, 24 points allowed, six points allowed, 17 and 24. If we do something similar to that again against Texas State, I I do anticipate us winning, but where do you think that's going to come with, especially with yeah, Finley can can throw the ball a lot too. So where are you looking at, especially to stop? They're very balanced. So we're going to have to stop the run in order to stop the pass and vice versa. Who are you looking to step up? Yeah, well, I think Jordan explained it very, very well. I don't think I could have explained it any better. I think the whole defense, all 11 guys on that defense is going to have to step up. Look, I, I expect TJ Finley to have a couple, you know, passing touchdowns. But in my opinion, it's all about who you're going to pass it to. And I think that, if you're going to let Hober have the game that he's going to have, I think we're going to be screwed. If TJ Finley's going to have to look at his second, third, and fourth options, I think that gives the defensive line a lot more time to go and get that sack on him. Now, I'm more worried, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm more worried about uh, Mahdi. That's my opinion because, look, TJ Finley, he can pass for three or four touchdowns. Yeah, he, he's done it before, obviously. Like I said, he's the biggest part of this offense. But don't think we're going to just let Mahdi come in here and run three touchdowns on us and think it's going to be okay. We can't allow that to happen. Uh, again, those three guys are the core of that offense. And I think if you can take out two out of three of them, then we win this game. But you're going to have to take out two out of three of them or else if you're just going to focus mainly on Hobart, you're going to let Mahdi get involved in it. If you're going to focus mainly on Hobart and Mahdi, then you got to make sure that TJ Finley doesn't make the correct reads in order to drive his team down the field. Again, he's, it's not just even though they're the three core guys on that offense, there's still there's still another eight more guys on that offense as well that you got to watch out for as well. So you have to make sure that this entire offensive plan that they have is locked down. So for me, probably like Michael Mason getting to the quarterback, Shane Bruce, JT Killen, um, the defensive line themselves, just making sure that you stop that run and just force TJ Finley to throw. If we can get them on plays like third and long and you just 
lock up Holbert, and then he's got to rely on his second, third, and fourth options, it's going to be a rough night for TJ Finley. And if we can shut down them, or we can just limit the big plays, then TJ Finley's going to have a really rough night at Brooks. Yeah, I, I agree with everything y'all said. It's going to have to come on first down, really. Just Curtis talked about it last week limiting those successful quote unquote first downs where you pick up three yards or more. Cause this team is, has played nine games, right? They're six and three, 1800 rushing yards through nine games, They're averaging 200 rushing yards a game. And then on top of that, they got a guy who's thrown for 2,500 yards. So they're averaging almost like 500 total yards a game, 300 through the air, 200 on the ground. And that makes it very easy when you're just moving the ball. Their defense doesn't really have to do much. Their defense isn't great because they've given up a lot of points in these circumstances, but the offense just scores so much and so often, and they spread the ball around so many weapons. You said Mahdi. He's great in the run game, right? Passing game. He also has 11 catches, which isn't a lot, but those 11 catches are for 215 yards and a touchdown. He's averaging 19.5 yards a catch. So that's another guy that just when you think you've slowed him down in the running game, he can hurt you in the passing game. So it's something we're going to have to watch out for. And I, I yeah, Tobias Fletcher is going to have to get active. Jordan, you said Clayton Isbell. He, we got to get some interceptions in this game because that I really think that's the only way we'll be able to find a win is maybe two or three turnovers because this Texas state offense has just been so efficient and they get the ball to their weapons, which is what you should do. So they're just a textbook reason on how to do that. We'll move over to our offense, which at the time of our recording, they just had the, the week weekly press conference going into the game. It sounds like Ethan Vasco will be the starting quarterback for this week. Although Jarrett guest, does seem to be available and has been practicing this week as well, working in with the ones. So maybe a, a two quarterback, maybe like a true two quarterback system from what it sounds like. You never know with Tim Beck and because he hasn't even Jared guess injuries undisclosed. We don't even know what it is. He went in for a play last week. So it seems like he might be okay. Jared Brown, he had a walking boot on today, but it sounds like Tim Beck said he should be ready to go. So hopefully, because that would be a big pickup. At this point, Tyson Mobley is already out. So it's it's Pigney, a banged up Jared Brown, and then you got Jer Jamison Tucker and Kyrie Duplacy. That's the receivers. Kendall Carr is still good to go. But two quarterback system, Jordan, we saw it a little bit against Marshall. Last week it was all Vasco, who he looked shaky at first, but was finally able to throw the ball to his weapons in the fourth quarter. Do you think that they go two quarterback with kind of what we saw against Marshall where Jared Guess is throwing the ball downfield and Vasco's mainly running and it's predictable? Or do you think they let Ethan Vasco throw the ball a little bit more this week so that it truly is unpredictable? And in my opinion, that's how you use the, the two quarterback system with Vasco to your advantage the best. I think if Jared Guess is able to play, then I say we run the same quarterback system that we ran against Marshall but as you guys saw last week and all of Till Nation saw last week Ethan Vasco came in and pretty much handled everything by himself for that game so it's kind of hard to say I mean Ethan Vasco didn't play horrible I mean the man the man ever totaled over 350 yards um, last week by himself and he rushed for 180 yards so not to mention the 75 yard run that he did by himself so I have all the confidence to think that if Ethan Vasco is our starting quarterback and Jared Guest can't go, 
that he can go into this game on uh at, on Saturday at three thirty and get this win for us. Um, granted, we don't have uh, some of the weapons that we usually would have. We got some guys banged up, and you know that happens. We're at the middle. We're in close to the end of the season. We got three games left in the season, so um, I expect Sam Pinkney to be ready to play. I expect Jameson Tucker to come ready to play. I expect Jared Brown to come ready to play. Um, we got all. We got we got the talent still there, even though some guys are banged up. And Ethan Vasco, after what he did last week, granted we 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 um. We trailed most of that game until like the final twenty, like twenty four seconds of the game. Hey, he got the job done, and I think that if Jared Guest can't go, I got all the confidence in Ethan Vasco. He's no scrub. We knew what kind of player he was when he came in from Kansas, and he he showed off he showed off what he could do last week. And we don't know if you know th- this could be the guy going the rest of the season. We got to wait and see what happens, but. Ethan Vasco has my confidence. I think that he's got all the confidence in the world to take us, get this win. And if he can't go, if Jared Guest can't go uh, next week, you know, all of us has to rally behind Ethan Vasco because this is the guy. I think we can, he can get it done. Yeah, I think he can too. It's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be tough. On paper, if you just look at the stats and you look at the fact that we're on our third string quarterback technically, it really shouldn't even be a question on who's going to win this game based on all of their analytics and everything. But this Coastal team, like I said earlier in a tweet we put out and in the last episode, they've had every reason to fold. They've had every reason to crumble and just kind of chalk it up to injuries and bad luck and and do what the 49ers did last year and just make excuses. But they've buckled down. They've found ways to win. And this is just a team that's playing with new life. They're playing with house money. They're playing confident. And whoever the quarterback is out there, the, those three guys, I, I trust any of them. For an update, it sounds like Grayson McCall went in for another appointment today. He posted free 10 on his story. He's been at practice. He's been at all the games. So I wouldn't rule out if, say, we win the next two games. Maybe he comes back for that Madison game. Um, but right now, this is what we're working with. Ethan Vasco and Jared Guest. And then everybody else is kind of banged up and we're just going to have to find ways to get wins. This you you win this game, you get out and and you kind of have a week, you have a week off conference play after this, you go to army granted that's still tough, but got to get through this one. If you you get through it with this group of guys, Vasco and guest, you're still alive in the conference race. And before I throw it to Mario asking kind of, you can think about your answer. How does this work against this team that, we're probably going to have to score 30 points to win uh, against Texas state because their offense is so good. Jordan, you had something to add. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, you know, this is, you know, a predicament. We, no, none of us expected, this is kind of a wild turn of events because we actually were talking about this weeks ago, you know, when we were two and three, we didn't think that we would be in this predicament and let alone we be in this predicament without Grace McCall. But the fact that we've done this with three quarterbacks, you got to think that, and I was just talking earlier, talking with my dad about this, but what are the chances that they do bring Grace McCall back? Not just for the James Madison game. But what if they, what if they hold him off for that James Madison game and bring him back? Say we get the job done with either Ethan Vasco or Jared Guess, you bring Grace McCall back for that Sunbelt championship game. If the NCAA doesn't grant James Madison eligibility, because Teal Nation needs to know this, James Madison did 
send a document into the NCAA trying to get eligibility to play in not only the conference championship game, but to go to a bowl game. So we still got to wait um, the ruling on that from the NCAA. But if they can't, if they don't allow it to go and we beat James Madison, you got to think, could Grayson come back for the Sun Belt Championship just like last year? Just something to think about. Yeah, it's it's a situation that now we we, we laid out the scenario and, and you kind of put it to bed like four weeks ago. It's like we need this team to lose three games. We need this team to lose two conference games, whatever. Well, that's kind of fallen into place already. Um, we need Georgia Southern to lose one more game here in the last three and they play really tough teams. I, I pretty much – I, I'll go ahead and say this now. They're not – Georgia Southern is not winning out in that game. I, I'll put any amount of money on it because I think they still have to play James Madison. So, if we beat Texas State and James Madison, and I, I don't think that the NCAA will give James Madison that waiver, as much as I agree that James Madison is ready and should be able to play in the conference championship, like I have no qualms with that. But I don't think they will. And I think if we win the next two conference games, we will be the East representative. So, However, we have to get that done. We've talked about this. This season didn't pan out in the term of the development that, that the coaches wanted. You, you kind of had to change the scheme a hundred times, figure out ways to win games. And that's really what it's boiled down to. Just get in, get out with a W. That's what we did last week. That's what we're going to have to do. That's what we have to do for the next three games. And then we just take it game by game. But, but yeah, Mario, what are your thoughts on this offense who has to compete with the premier right now, statistically, the, the best offense in the Sun Belt in Texas State. We got to put up more points in them. That's how we won a football game. How does that happen on Saturday with with this system and this group of guys that we have out right now? Easy. You test the defense. Our offense tests their defense. One of us got to crumble. And 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 you said it. And you said it just like me. We've been through so much this year where we could have just crumbled and fell. We, we haven't done it. So, you know what? Now it's time to test Texas State. You've had this great uh, year. You know, you've had a really good year, but let's see what happens when our offense pushes your defense. They, look, their offense is going to push our defense. No cap. Our offense is going to push theirs. It's all going to come down to who crumbles first. It's all going to come down to who falls down first. And look, I'm going to say this right now. All their defense needs to do is mess up one time for us to win. That's it. And I'm going to be honest. Look, I think this game's going to be a nail biter. But if I have one message for our team, look, I can care less what a Bobcat is. The last time the Bobcats were in a professional sports league, some guy named LeBron James swept their team and they had to do a whole rebranding. So here's my message to Coastal Carolina. Go into this game and I want you to beat Texas State so bad to the point where they have to rebrand their entire university. I want you to beat them so bad to the point where they extinct the Bobcat and they have to start from scratch and create a new logo. I'm being honest. Y'all can tag them. Y'all can come back to me and talk about it. That's how badly I want y'all to beat Texas State. I want you to beat them so bad that you make them question why they're even Bobcats. That's the truth. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it with a straight face. I need you guys to go in there and smash them. It's as simple as that. I need you guys to go in there and put them in a the dirt. Look, I, I'm going to be honest. I think we have a good enough offense to beat them. But let's not mistake it. Our defense has been playing fantastic recently. So if they can just stop their offense for maybe two drives, if this is going to be a close game, I, I have all the confidence in the world, whether it's Guess, whether it's Vasco, that they're going to go in there and they're going to do what they got to do to close this game out. But 
look, if we're just going to play like a stagnant offense and rely on Texas State's defense to mess up, we're not going to win this game. Yeah, when you have an offense that's as good and as efficient as theirs and a defense that has been as good as ours the last couple weeks, something has to give. Um, and I think really it is. It's, it's can we get a couple turnovers? Can we get a couple early stops? And then offense, yeah, you have. In order to force that franticness on Texas State's offense, we have to be able to put points on the board early, create pressure, take away some of that early run game stuff that they like to do and make them one-dimensional. We've said that about a lot of these teams, but this offense is ours, especially with these multiple quarterbacks every week, it's been a little inconsistent. I mean, last week, the offense didn't wake up until 17 minutes left in the game. And when that happens, the defense has to keep you in the game. And I hope that doesn't happen this week. And I hope we we come out firing on all cylinders. And if we do that, we'll be completely fine. And I think we'll coast to victory. But if not, it's going to be, can the defense keep us long in the game long enough for us to figure it out with this two-quarterback system or whatever happens and then stick around? Jordan, you had something to add before we move into Stat That Matters and Predictions. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, now, don't be surprised if we have to rely on Cade Hensley either because Cade Hensley's had our had our backs most of the season. And I know he struggled just a little bit at Old Dominion, but, hey, Cade, we're with you 100%. That guy is going to be a catalyst for us the rest of the season. We're going to rely on him a little bit more, I think, as the season gets towards the end. And even if we get into the – you know, when we get to our bowl game, I need everybody to be on that man because that man is going to be a reason why we win some more games. He he came in after that first miss last week against Old Dominion. He kind of settled down. Hey, we're with you, Cade. I just want you to know that. And every time you kick a field goal, everybody here at the Sean Show is going to have to take a shot. I'm just letting you know that. Yeah, we'll, we'll implement that on Saturday. Okay. He's going to need to put – we're going to need to use him because we – I, I believe we're going to have to put points on the majority of the drives. Going into stat that matters, <laughs> Curtis is not with us today, obviously, but he did text us it. He wants us to hold Finley to under 250 passing yards. And if that hits, we win the game. I agree with that. That's going to be tough. But Mario, what's your stat that matters? Okay, so here we go. TJ Finley, Ismael Mahdi. Joey Hobart, those three combined need to have four TDs total or less. If they hit more than four TDs, we lose this game. That's my prediction. They need to hit four TDs or less. Okay, but like does a passing touchdown from Finley to Hobart count as two? Yeah, so if you were to take – if okay. you were to look at TJ Finley, Mahdi, and Hobart, if you were to look at how many touchdowns that they have, that number – has to equal less than five, less than five, so okay, four or less. Fair. So that's my prediction. If they get anything more, if those three, that trio gets any more than four touchdowns, I think we lose this game. Jordan, how about you? I'm going to say Ethan Vasco, three combined touchdowns. And I'm going to say either two rushing, one throwing, or two throwing and one rushing. But I expect Ethan Vasco to have another big game. Um I look forward to seeing what he can do against this defense because this looks like a pretty good Texas State defense. So I'll say three combined touchdowns for Ethan Vasco. Wait, wait, hold up. What if he gets like three passing TDs or like three rushing TDs? Does that count? He said combined, right? 
I I say combined, but I mean the only reason I say combined is because Ethan Vasco can run and throw. Yeah, so that's why I say it especially down by the goal line, he'll mostly be running. Exactly. Um, I, I'm gonna go more on the defense route. I think we need at least to to force at least two turnovers in this game if we're going to win it. It is something we didn't do last week, and against an offense this good, we we have to go back into the bag where we were against Marshall. It's the blackout, black swarm better come back out. Um, we're going to need a lot of turnovers to get this team. Ideally, they're like short field turnovers where they turn the ball over and we start at like the 20 or something already about to score. I think that's how we win this game. And if they're early, that's even better because, like I said, if we put pressure on them early, TJ Finley's he's a good quarterback, but he's he's – I'm going to say it. He's a system quarterback that has benefited off of the amount of weapons around him in the scheme that he's in. That, that's bulletin board material right there. And I think if we take him out of the system of being tied or ahead, I don't think he looks as good. We'll move on to predictions. Mario, line right now we'll use the line of Coastal Carolina plus one and a half, but it's essentially even odds. What do you got on your prediction? Look, as much as I would like Coastal to absolutely beat the crap out of the Bobcats and rebrand their whole university into something else, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be 30-28 Coastal. I don't think they're going to win off of like a go like a win like a go ahead field goal or a game winning field goal. I think they're going to be up by two, and I think that the uh, Bobcats are going to be placed on like a yard, like probably like the fifteen or twenty yard line, and the field that they're going to have to cut for that final drive in little time is just not going to be enough. That's the way I think it would end. But I like 38, 30-28. Jordan? I'm going to say Coastal 28, Texas State 25. I think that we'll get a late score, a late field goal in the fourth quarter. Brooks Stadium is going to be rocking. Um, and I think that we'll get a key turnover, whether it be a fumble or an interception. Hopefully, Eubanks and Isbell or Isbell gets one of those, and that seals the game, and we'll just kneel it and get another big victory at home. And I think that we'll win our fifth straight game going into the Army next week. So I'll say 28-25 Coastal on top of Texas State. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same same vibe as, as Mario. My score is almost exactly the same. I've got us winning – 31 to 28 and I think again it's a nail biter I think maybe we yeah we hit the field goal with like 50 seconds left and they have it and they they, they run out of time but for what it's worth Coastal Carolina has been very good at home the last couple of years 17 and 3 in their last 20 home games whereas Texas State is 4 and 16 in their last 20 road games I think the home turf advantage is going to matter a lot and it's going to be loud and everybody's going to be wearing black. We have good track record on the blackout games. So I think that's going to be the difference in this one. And we win by three, but again, it's going to be close and we just squeak one out with that. We'll wrap it up. Follow us on X at the Shant show on Instagram at Shant show. We will have, I just created a TikTok as well. Everybody throw up the X we will have stuff on there as well, stuff on YouTube probably from this podcast as well. We're trying to get all forms of content out. Still have our merch store. It's I need to repost a link to our bio on Twitter, but on X, 
but it will be there as well. Go support us. We appreciate support recently. And with that being said, Sean's up. <laughs>